Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, today we embark upon the study of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. That's our subject. And we will go through this for the next few days. And let's see how long it takes. We are just starting off today. And uh, before I want to go into the subject in depth, I want to give you a little bit of a background and uh, about the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I said person of the Holy Spirit because many people have this idea that the, if you ask them what the Holy Spirit is, they think that the Holy Spirit is the power of God, like he's an impersonal uh, influence or power and he shows up, he does this, he makes people fall, he tickles people so they laugh, he has people shouting and running, sometimes he throws in some miracles. No, none of that is true. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God is one, but he has revealed himself in his word as three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Now, when I say he's the third person, I don't mean he's like a junior partner or something because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are God and they are co-equal. So the Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father and the Son. But there's a, there are some um, distinct differences between them in the sense in what they do is because or I should say their roles because when we talk about the father the father is in heaven remember when Jesus taught us to pray he said pray our father which art in heaven so the father is in heaven and Jesus his son is at the right hand of God now the father has always been in heaven but Jesus left his throne in heaven came down to earth became one of us died upon the cross rose up from the dead, ascended back to heaven, where he sat at the, at the right hand of the majesty on high, he sat at the right hand of the Father. But then on the day of Pentecost, he sent down the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he is here. So the Father and the Son are in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who is on the earth. And he is there to be with us and to be in us. So everything that the Father and the Son say or do here on this earth, they do through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one through whom the Father and the Son speak and act. So anything that God does in the world, in the church, in your life and in my life, he does so through the Holy Spirit. Now, that is why it is of utmost, important, uh, utmost importance that we understand who the Holy Spirit is, how he works, what he does, and that not only that, that, but that we also get to know him personally and develop a personal relationship with him, because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so this, this study is built towards that. So we will talk about the Holy Spirit, about his works, about his person, and we will talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what he does in our lives. So this will take a few days. So let us embark upon this. Now, the first thing I want you to know, as I said, uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, the Holy Spirit, let me give you three scriptures which, which actually represent to us that the Holy Spirit is not a thing or a mere influence, but that he's a person. The first thing is that the Holy Spirit speaks. 
And there are two scriptures I want to show you. The first thing, the first scripture shows us that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit speaks through men. And the second scripture shows us that the Holy Spirit speaks to men. So the first one is, <coughs> I'm sorry, 2 Samuel 23 verse 2. Uh, this is David, the psalmist. He says, the spirit of the Lord spake by me and his word was in my tongue. What he says is that the spirit of the Lord spoke through me and his word was in my tongue. So that's, uh, now this is in the Old Testament, right? In the Old Testament. And in Hebrews 3 verse 7, it says, uh, this is when the Holy Spirit speaks to men. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, in other words, if you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit cannot only speak through us, but he also speaks to us. And that when he speaks, we should give heed to what he says. The third thing I want to show you uh, when, the, when I say the Holy Spirit is a person is in Ephesians 4.30, where it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, it tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. So, so if the Holy Spirit can be grieved, we can also please the Holy Spirit. You know, we can also please. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. There are certain things that grieve the Holy Spirit, but there are certain things that please the Holy Spirit. So uh, this, we can interact with the Holy Spirit. We can do things that please Him. And just like we please the Father, Father and the Son, and we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so... Uh, you know, so the Holy Spirit has emotions just like a regular person does. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon four kinds of people. Now, there was no general promise that everybody could be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had nothing of that sort, the, the old Israelites. They, it's not that they could receive the Holy Spirit like we can receive the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came upon four kinds of people. The first kind of people were the prophets. The prophets were the messengers of God who spoke from God to men. So when God chose prophets, he put his Holy Spirit upon them. He put his Holy Spirit upon the prophets. And because the Holy Spirit was upon them, the prophets could hear from God and they would speak to man from God. The second group of people who the, the Holy Spirit was upon were the priests. The priests were the ones who ministered at the temple, who spoke, who represented man before God. So you can say that the prophets represented God before man, but the priests represented man before God. They stood in the temple of the Lord in God's presence and they ministered from man to God. The third kind of People who were uh, who had the Holy Spirit, who were given the Holy Spirit, were the kings. And we see in Samuel 16 verse 3 how how David was uh, anointed to be king over Israel, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. You see, uh, and now now I must add this that the word anoint, you know, it says David was anointed by Samuel to be king. The word anointing actually means to pour or to smear oil upon somebody's head. That's what it means. You 
pour oil upon somebody. And in the Old Testament, you had this principle of symbolism. There were outward symbols that represented an, indo an inward reality. And this anointing with oil, when, when oil was poured upon somebody, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit came upon that person. So the anointing with oil was the outward symbol, symbol of the Holy Spirit coming upon somebody. So when we use the word anointing, it's actually talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit upon somebody. So if somebody is anointed by God, that means that the Holy Spirit is upon him. In fact, the anointing is not a thing. It is actually a person. The anointing is a person. It's the Holy Spirit, his presence upon a person. So let's go to that scripture in Samuel you know, 16 verse 3. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to, Ram, uh, to Ramah. So what happened was that Samuel took the horn of oil and he poured the oil over David on his head in the presence of his brothers. And when that oil was poured on David's head, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So that was the day David was anointed to be king. Now, there was a fourth kind of, a fourth group of people who were also uh, had, had the Holy Spirit and they were the judges. Now, some people might categorize them as kings and in a sense they were kings, but they were not really kings, they were judges. You know, they, they, uh, they, they, you can say in many ways they, um, they fulfilled the role of a king for Israel, but um, Israel, when they didn't have kings, they had judges, to put it simply. And among the most prominent of the judges was Samson. Samson was a judge, and then you had, uh, you had Gideon was a judge, and there were other judges in Israel, some not as well known. But, uh, and Samson, you remember, he had the Holy Spirit upon him because already from the time he was as a, when he was a child, it says he, when he was young, the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. The spirit of the Lord would move upon Samson and Samson understood the moving of the Holy Spirit, the flowing of the Holy Spirit, because he was familiar with the moving of the Holy Spirit in his life from the time when he was a child. And uh, unfortunately, he used it in the wrong way because you see, the Holy Spirit is given to a person to fulfill a mission. You know, these prophets, priests, kings, and judges, they all have a mission. They all have a job to do. That's why the Holy Spirit is given to them. Unfortunately, in the case of Samson, Samson had no self-discipline. He didn't discipline his flesh. So, uh, but he was familiar with the Holy Spirit, with the anointing. And the interesting thing was that you see Samson doing mighty, mighty feats of strength, you know, and, but the interesting thing is that he was called to be the deliverer of his people. But the interesting thing was that each and every time the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and he would do this mighty uh, and heroic feats of strength, he never did that to deliver his people, but it was always to get himself out of some trouble that he had gotten into because of his own flesh and his sin. That is a very interesting thought that Samson, the Bible says in his childhood, when, he's, when he was a youngster, he was familiar with the ways, with the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so that when he grew up into adulthood and he lived a life of lust and sin and fleshliness, he 
he he knew he knew how the holy spirit moved and the holy spirit would come upon him but it was always to deliver him it was never to deliver his people and it was right in the last day the last moments of his life when he cried out to god that the anointing the holy spirit came upon him one last time and in that and in his death he fulfilled the purpose of god for his life he destroyed the enemy and you know and he did what god had called him to do but sadly he had to pay with his life uh but he he finally accomplished his mission he came around but after a lot of heartache he finally fulfilled the mission sadly he had to pay with his life but here's the wonderful thing the wonderful thing was that living a life full of flesh and sin and in his last moments crying out to god and 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 being mightily used by god the holy spirit coming upon him that one last time last moments of his life that one act of faith propelled samson to hebrews 11 the heroes of faith isn't that wonderful look at the mercy of god that one single act of faith in the life of samson propelled him from being a whatever you know to being one of the heroes of hebrews 11 praise the lord i mean think of the goodness and the mercy of god amen we serve a wonderful and a merciful savior praise god who redeems us even if we have failed doesn't matter how many times we have failed he has he always redeems us so anyway so these are the four categories of people who were um, anointed who received the holy spirit now i must add something here i saw this this is very interesting observation uh, how the holy spirit promoted holiness you got to understand the holy spirit is i remember when i was a new believer there was an old pastor i was listening to, listening to him you know he was talking to me personally he said to me he says brother never forget that the holy spirit is a holy spirit and i've never forgotten that that the holy spirit is holy i'm saying this because in this day and age many they you know they tend to use the holy spirit as a play thing they play around with the anointing and they they're not very particularly clear when it comes to uh, walking in the fear of the lord walking in holiness but listen the holy spirit is is a holy spirit and uh, if we desire to be used by god we have to be very very careful because listen let, let me say this this is this is something very very serious that i've considered many many times that you see uh we can flow with the holy spirit and experience miracles but we can but that doesn't mean anything from the perspective that the miracles don't say anything about us you see miracles do not authenticate the messenger miracles only tell people how wonderful jesus christ and how wonderful the gospel is what authenticates the messenger is Christ likeness. So I say this I have a saying miracles authenticate the message but Christ likeness authenticates the messenger because some people deceive themselves into thinking that well I'm used by God and God uses me and people think I'm anointed I'm popular all over the world I have ministry I I have miracles on my ministry so I guess it's okay. It's not okay because Jesus warned us He said on the last day there will be those who will come to him and who will say Lord I did many miracles in your name and I did great things in your name and the Lord says depart from me I never knew you and I for myself 
I, I tell you what, I don't want to end up as one of those people who Jesus says to you, I never knew you. So uh, we, we should always be very, very aware of this, that while we, we want to learn about the Holy Spirit and talk about the Holy Spirit and we want the anointing and the power and the fire of God and I want it too. We all want these things and Jesus told us to covet the spiritual gifts and he wants to give us the Holy Spirit, but we have to remember holiness and the fear of God holiness and the fear of God and Christ likeness and be like Jesus. Anyway, so the Holy Spirit promoted holiness. That was a little bit of a sidetrack or a rabbit trail I took. But let's look at Psalm 51 verses 10 and 11. And this is David uh, when he was brokenhearted uh, over his sin with Bathsheba and the prophet Nathan had confronted him and told him that he had sinned. And David was so broken that he this is his repentance. He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That means that he was brokenhearted over his sin and he asked God, Lord, don't cast me away. Do not withdraw or take away your Holy Spirit from me. And this is very, very important because the Holy Spirit is God and he is. When we walk with the Holy Spirit, when we walk with Jesus, uh, we become very sensitive to sin. Our spirit becomes very sensitive to sin uh, that displeases Father. Amen. Displeases the Father. So it's important that we walk in faith and we walk in humility before God, before men, and serve God with pure hearts. The Bible talks about uh, Paul, Apostle Paul said, serving God with faith and with a clear conscience. And uh, one thing I would say, let us never do things that violate our conscience. Second thing, if we ever if we ever uh, mess up, be quick to repent and quick to make things right with God, then we'll be okay. We'll never be perfect, but if we are quick to repent, quick to make things right with God, we're going to be okay. Now, there, there are pro now we come to the promises uh, of the Holy Spirit for the New Testament age. And these are promises given in the Old Testament age for what would happen in the New Testament age. And Psalm 42 verse one, verse one talks about the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. It says, behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice and right and reveal truth to the nation. So he's talking about Jesus. The Psalmist is actually prophesying over Jesus. And he's saying that, and he's saying that, uh, behold, my servant whom I uphold. This is the father talking about Jesus. My elect in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice and right and reveal truth to the nation. So he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus and the spirit will be upon Jesus. And Jesus will bring forth justice and righteousness and reveal truth to the nations. Then... Then there is another promise in the Old Testament, and this is not just the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, but the Holy Spirit upon all mankind. And of course, the caveat is that mankind, you know, those who believe in Jesus, not for those uh, for unbelievers. 
So for believers in Jesus, irrespective of who they are, there's a wonderful promise of the Holy Spirit. And Joel 2, 28 to 29, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward, <coughs> excuse me, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall, old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So this is the prophet Joel prophesying in Joel 2. He says it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit. God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, upon all mankind. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy um, um, and your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. So there God is promising a general outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would touch all man, all mankind. Now here is a third prophecy about the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. This is Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 to 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, he's talking about the, the attributes of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And so here are the six attributes of the Holy Spirit. The first one is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The first attribute of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. And in 1 Corinthians 1.14 says, is that Christ Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. All the wisdom of God is manifested and revealed in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The second attribute uh, is the spirit of uh, the spirit of counsel and Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, and the spirit of might also, that's third and fourth. Uh, Isaiah nine, six, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. A counselor is one who guides, who speaks to us, who counsels us, who leads us, who guides us. And the spirit of the Lord shall be upon Jesus and he shall be called a wonderful counselor, a guide, a leader. Hallelujah. Then it says uh, the spirit of might and the next at name, next name in the scripture, he shall be called wonderful, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Jesus Christ is God uh, who came to the earth in the flesh and he is the mighty God. The Bible says that he is the one who created all things and there is nothing that was created that was not created by him. He raised the dead. He made the lame to walk and the blind to see because the Holy Spirit upon, was upon him. Uh, he was mighty and powerful in God. So he, the spirit of might was upon him. The might and the power of God was upon Jesus. Then it says here, the spirit of the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of God. Colossians 2, 3 says, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Just think of it. All the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge, all the treasures of knowledge are hid in Christ Jesus. 
all the knowledge of God, everything that God knows, everything, all the knowledge you could even think of, the knowledge of the universe. And not only that, but Jesus also knew what was in the heart of man. Everything is encapsulated in Christ Jesus. He's the knowledge of God. And then it says the spirit of the fear of the Lord. In Mark 124, it says even the demons, you know, when Jesus came to the Gadarenes and the demon possessed man saw him, he began to, the demons began to cry out. They said, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Jesus was the Holy One of God. When he walked on this earth, he lived and walked in the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the fear of the Lord was upon him. Jesus walked in utmost reverence and holiness and purity before the Lord. And the Bible says, be ye holy as your as your as the Lord is holy. So we are called to the reverence of the Lord and holiness before God and purity before God. And that was one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit that was uh, of the Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus. Well, uh, this is this concludes our first day. And tomorrow we're going to continue um, about the Holy Spirit and um, and let's let's end with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your hand upon them, upon their lives, upon their families. I ask you to touch them. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to use them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you said you'd bless our food and our water, turn every sickness away from us. I ask you, Father, for your healing, your life and your power in their homes, in their lives. Meet every need they have in spirit, soul, body. I thank you, Father, for your blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends, and uh, we will catch you again tomorrow and we will continue our study of the Holy Spirit.